0: Oh, wow, the hit presents so hard. They are feeling it in for two. Mamma mia, what a KO. The fight clock is brought to you by Motelov. Oh.
1: Welcome back to Throne Hands as Danny and I will be reviewing Fight Night, Lewis versus Olenek. Dude, how are you doing?
0: If you would asked me this question about 24 hours ago, my response more than likely would have been that I hate everything and everyone, uh, but uh, like I said, it's been 24 hours and, and we talked enough about hockey uh, in the preview for this card, so, so we can just leave it at that. I'm doing much better now than I was 24 hours ago, let's leave.
1: Yeah, I sent you my trash talk, I don't need to pack it on. All right, so we're going to head into this first matchup here. Yusuf Salah versus uh, Peter Barrett. This was a good matchup. I mean, this dude, Yusuf Salah, shows a lot of potential.
0: What do you think of Yusuf Salah's potential? I, I genuinely think Yusuf Zalal is a guy where the sky's the limit for him. He he proved that against, against Peter Barrett, honestly. Was able to fill up the fight with significant strikes. Uh, outstruck him in terms of significant strikes, by more than 30 and then landed three takedowns. He's able to to combine his kickboxing with some pretty strong wrestling. We knew he had a striking background. We knew that's where his bread was buttered. But the fact he was able to take Peter Barrett down three times really showed me that he's got a really quick learning curve and he could see himself getting into the top 15 of this division real, real soon.
1: Yeah, I, I, I couldn't put it any better. I mean, this dude has so much upside he can do it on the ground. He can do it wrestling. He can do it on the feet for sure. And when he threw that spinning back kick and hit oh, Peter Oh, I thought it Barrett, was over. Oh, I thought it was over. You don't – that doesn't happen. Like, spinning back kick to the jaw, I mean, that
0: oh, – Oh, That, that was stuff, that stuff you only see landed in career mode on, on UFC 3.
1: Yeah, dude, I got out of my seat when I saw it. I'm like, oh, it's over. It's over. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was over. But, I mean, Peter Barrett, this – I think there's still a lot of upside to this guy, but – I think Yusuf Salah just he he just
0: has it. I mean there's yeah, there, there's something about the guy. I mean, uh we probably are a little bit biased cuz we interviewed the guy. We've we've talked to him personally. But but like you said, just his attitude and the way he approaches this, there's something different about him that that just stands out, that it factor that that all I, I don't want to say all the great fighters have, but he has something that not a lot of guys that don't have long-term success have yeah definitely I mean you could
1: tell by this guy he has he he has a love for this sport like in the post-fight interview what I saw I think he just absolutely loves what he does and I think that will definitely carry him forward and yes he's only 23 he's still young he's still learning he's four or five years away from his prime so what this guy does is all the way it's all up to him all right so what do you think's next for Peter Barrett
0: I think Peter Barrett's still in a pretty good position. This was his first fight uh, on the main roster for the UFC coming off a contender series. So I would probably expect him to get somebody coming off the contender series. I don't know who that would be because obviously contender series just got started back up this past week, but I would expect him to probably get a newcomer or somebody in a similar position coming off a loss to, to maybe weed out somebody that doesn't have what it takes to stick on the roster.
1: Yeah, I have to agree. I say he gets Levitt from the first fight of the Contender Series. I yeah, think we can see that guy. Fight. I think we can see him trimmed down to, to featherweight. I mean, he's a lightweight coming in, but he has a very small frame, so we can see that happen. But I think for Zalal, I say give him Burgos. I think his next fight should be 14-15. I think he's, he's deserved it. He's shown everything he can do. What do you think?
0: I think Zalal is ready to take that step up. I think as young as he is, uh, the UFC might shield him a little bit. Uh, he, obviously we've seen Edmund Shabazi and get pushed to the moon and, and he got, he got humbled a little bit the other night uh, against Derek Brunson, but I, I'm not sure the is quite at that level yet where you can take him at this young of an age and push him to the moon. But in this, in this division, I think you match him up with somebody towards the back end of the 15. I think that's probably a good way to go.
1: Yeah, definitely. This um this, this guy's limit for this guy all right to some more bias i think the bias got us here on this prediction i think uh gavin tucker was a pretty pretty big step up for justin james i know he fought frank camacho who's fought seven eight times in the ufc but gavin tucker has everything that you want in a fighter what were your thoughts on this
0: Yeah, the the thing, honestly, I don't think it had anything to do with the fact that that we interviewed Justin James. I think this had everything to do with the fact that Gavin Tucker is 34 years old and has fought sparingly in that time. I honestly didn't know what to expect out of the guy. Obviously, you can pick up a few things from his previous fights, uh, but I just didn't know what to expect out of him. He impressed me a lot more than I was expecting because as a guy coming off of a long layoff, and somebody as aggressive as Justin James, I was thinking this fight was going to get ended in the first round with Justin James coming out on top with some kind of finish. So Gavin Tucker, the fact that he's, uh, he's getting up there in age and has not fought that often and was coming off a long layoff and was able to finish this one in the third round, I thought was really impressive
1: yeah I have to agree with you there, and I think when, when Justin James he put it, basically everything out there in the first round, I think he he really gassed himself out. he, had a, he almost knocked Gavin Tucker out. he had him on, he, he laid him out on the ground and then he tried to get him with a couple of chokes. But what I saw out of Justin James was a lot of potential, but the thing is if he can get his cardio under control, I think yeah. this guy's limit for him. I don't know what you think.
0: I like Justin James a lot. I think that's going to be the issue you run into because. Uh, As it stands right now, the style of fighter he is, if the fight gets out of the first round, his chance of winning goes way down because I I just don't think he has the technique and the stamina at this point to be able to stand and fight to a finish and take a decision win without gassing himself out. I just don't think he has the precision in his style quite yet to be able to do that. And now he's in the UFC. He's going to be working with the best trainers his team has to offer. I'd fully expect him to come around and be a much more well-rounded fighter the next time he steps into the octagon.
1: Yep, I have to agree with you. All right, so what do you think is next for James,
0: man? I don't know. Obviously, coming off of a loss, he's he's a guy that has the kind of personality the UFC likes to see. Uh, he's he. I, I would say he gets somebody else coming off of a loss. I don't think they're going to feed him to to somebody that's hot when he's coming off of an L here. Uh, I think it would probably be somebody of similar standing, possibly, like I said, with Peter Barrett, somebody coming off of the contender series. That's obviously kind of in the wind right now, because like I said, this season uh, of Dana White contender series just started. But I think that's probably a good place for Justin Janes uh, to get some competition uh, and get back on the right track. Get somebody that's in a similar standing to him on the roster, somebody that's really just starting to come into their own like he is.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to think of the guy who I wanted to meet, match up with. Who is the? Yeah, it's the guy who uh, Eddie Wineland. I think that would be a pretty good that match. Would be up a good him. fight. Yeah, it'd be fun. They both like to go about it. Interesting fighting styles. I think. And what uh, Jane said was he wants entertaining fights, and if you want an entertaining fight, that's Eddie Wineland's fight. your guy. Yeah, that's that's a fight you want to make. Dana White, listen. All right, so so I think I don't know what's next for uh, Gavin Tucker. It's it's really interesting. It depends on how much he wants to fight this year. I think we could see him fight uh Song Yadong next. I wouldn't be surprised if we see something like that. I mean, he has he has the skill to be in the top 15. It's just that he doesn't fight that much. What do you think?
0: I I think that's definitely the thing to watch. Uh, that was that was the big thing we talked about coming into this fight is uh, that you never know when Gavin Tucker's going to fight again. You never know if he's going to want to fight again. Uh, he's obviously a very skilled guy, but but MMA it, it's clear uh, I don't, I don't know if he's dealt with injuries, but MMA, it's clear, has not been something that's a constant presence uh, in his life. And he's obviously very talented. Like you said, I think he's got the ability to be in the top 15. It's just a matter of if he wants to compete often enough to establish himself in that kind of realm.
1: Yeah, you put it perfectly. All right. To the next fight we're going to uh, review. Woo, Kevin Holland. I like two weight cut Kevin Holland, I must say. Ooh. This dude man all right what were your
0: thoughts (laughs) dude i came into this fight and i thought i i had underestimated joaquin buckley and i think i did because the dude's a beast i mean joaquin buckley if if this fight isn't taken on such short notice i think this is a more competitive fight but kevin freaking holland man kevin holland comes out 86 total strikes 79 significant strikes against 40 from joaquin buckley I'm And he, he defended both takedown attempts that Buckley throw at him. Coming into this fight, honestly, as I watched it go along, I think I underestimated Joaquin Buckley a little bit uh, in our preview because he was able to stick with Kevin Holland for a little bit. But it was clear uh, that Kevin Holland throughout this fight was, was the guy, that, that he stepped up to be the guy that that it's been expected kind of since the beginning of this year and even going back into 2019 that he could be this is a guy with a lot of helium in the middleweight division and that knockout uh, against a guy in Joaquin Buckley who I mean has beat some guys on the regional circuit has a really good track record coming in well
1: dude I mean Kevin Hahn this dude has a lot of upside like you said this his his length is really what's going to carry him in this division, I think. I mean, that 81-inch reach is John Jones-esque. I mean, no, it's John Jones. Let's get that. I'm going to get that straight right now. But he has a lot of length, and apparently he walks around at 187 from what I heard with the commentary. So this dude doesn't cut weight, really. He came in at 183, I think, to this fight. So what this guy can do is his decision what he can do with this division. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a future champion. What do you think?
0: That makes a lot of sense. He's the kind of guy with the combination of athleticism, power, and technique to just be able to put down put people down and do it really efficiently. And I feel like I say this all the time. But Kevin Holland's got a great personality. he You could hear it, especially with no fans there. I mean, he's talking trash in the octagon. he's He's just a guy that's fun to watch fight. He's a guy that is you you get excited when he comes across your TV screen because you know it's going to be an exciting fight and the interview after the fight if he wins is probably going to be really exciting too so he's a guy that i could see the ufc strapping a rocket to but just because of his combination of skill and charisma
1: yeah i i can't argue that and with joaquin buckley i mean this dude has a lot of upside and i i think come a week out of the lfa he puts up a pretty damn good fight against kevin holland i mean they were calling this dude little mike tyson i mean
0: He's, he's got a future in the UFC, I have no doubt in that. Yeah,
1: he, no question. His boxing is very good and he's super aggressive. If he can get his aggression under control, he kind of went wild some there uh sometimes in there, but if he can get it under control and like pinpoint more what he wants to do, the sky's the limit for this dude. All right. Yeah. So, Joaquin Buckley, what do you think's
0: next? Buckley is so interesting because this was his UFC debut. He took it on short notice. I'm not sure his next fight will be in the UFC. I could see him go back to LFA, rack up a couple more wins. Because his potential is so high, I could see the UFC, see Dana White telling this guy, look, we don't want to throw you out against another high-level opponent quite yet and crush crush your future uh, if you take a loss there. I could see him taking a step back, picking up a couple more dominant wins in the LFA, and then coming in to the UFC on a couple-fight-win streak and really doing some damage. I'm not sure who that debut would be against, but I, I think getting Joaquin Buckley's legs back under him is going to be really important, and I think it's something he can do.
1: Yeah, I have to agree with you there. I mean, short notice against Kevin Holland, that's always a tough thing to do. And I honestly, there's nine more weeks of the Contender Series. I wouldn't be surprised if you see him come back on the Contender Series, maybe later. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure Dan White wouldn't be opposed to putting this dude on another card. He, I'm, he's entertaining to watch. What can you say? All right, for so, so for
0: Kevin Holland, I don't know, what do you think? Kevin Holland's such, such an interesting guy. He's called out a, a lot of different guys. Um, I, I don't really know, honestly. He's, he's in a position where he's, he's fought enough in 2019, excuse me, 2020. It's, it's 2020, it's August of 2020, what am I talking about? But he's fought enough in 2020 to really establish himself uh, so far. I'm not sure uh, who the next fight would be for him. Uh, I think he definitely takes a step up in competition. I'm trying to remember who he called out because he had a, a definite call-out after that fight, but it's he's he's just a guy that that has brought a lot of excitement to the table, and I don't really care who his next fight's against because I think it'll be really good.
1: Yeah. You know what? I can honestly see him fighting Omari Akhmadov. I mean, yes, he lost to Chris That would Chris be, good. That'd be a good fight for him, uh, a, a challenge on the ground. I think that's what Kevin Holland needs, but I, he could definitely beat Akhmedov, and I can see that happening. So I mean, the sky's limit for Kevin Holland. He's he's so good. He's so good. Anyway, um, let's see what. All right, to all right, Benil Darius came in overweight, but
0: that knockout. What were were your thoughts? (laughs) That that was beautiful. Kevin Holland called out Mike Perry. That's what I was thinking of. Oh yeah, that's right. He called out Mike Perry, which I don't think that fight's gonna happen anytime soon. But it'll be fireworks if it does. Oh yeah, that that'd be a PR firestorm. That'd be great. Yeah, but but Benil Dariush, uh, that was a that was a great fight. Honestly, I think uh, him going back and forth with Scott Holtzman through the first round, and then Dariush just able to put him down, uh, it was really impressive. I mean, he landed 36 strikes, all of them were ruled significant. That's that's some <laughs> some special kind of precision and some special kind of power right there. Uh, Dariush is a guy that for so long was was mostly noted for his jujitsu, for his ground game. But he's been able to come out in back-to-back fights against Jakar Klose and Scott Holtzman. He's knocked guys out that have never been finished before in their careers. So Darius is a guy that I could see, obviously, if he, if he makes weight. I think this was, this was a one-time thing with the weight cut that he struggled with. But I think if Benil Darius can handle that problem, not make it a recurring thing, he's a guy that has a lot of potential. He was already in the top 15. I could see him moving up very quickly.
1: Yeah, I definitely can too. I mean, what Benil Darius showed—yes, he's a world jujitsu champion, I believe, if I'm not mistaken—but his striking, like you said, it was pinpoint. Thirty-six, all thirty-six of the strikes that he landed were significant, and that—that's what blew blew my mind. He is an—he's incredible. Yes, he missed weight, but if he—if he doesn't miss weight again, we can see this dude's stock rise high. And don't—don't don't get lost on Scott Holtzman. He—he he definitely has some potential in this division. All right, so to, what's next? What's what's next for Holtzman, man? Uh,
0: Scott Holtzman, it's interesting because he is kind of on the backside of his career. He's an older guy uh, when it comes to the UFC. Uh, but like I said, that was the first time he's ever been finished. Uh, he's 36 years old, so I'm not sure he's in a position to, to be taking a step up and challenging anybody right now, especially coming off of a loss. Uh, but he's definitely a guy that, can kind of serve as maybe a top 15 gatekeeper, uh, that kind of role I can see him stepping into. Uh, it's it's interesting. He's he's in similar age to Jim Miller, and obviously Jim Miller's a, a special kind of crazy when it comes to the UFC. But I can see Scott Holtzman honestly falling into a similar role to test the metal of some up and coming prospects.
1: You have to agree. You know, Jim, he and Jim Miller would be playing some Red Rover at that top 15 position. All right, so for Benil Darius. I don't it's it's really interesting for him. I think we could see him fight Kevin Lee or
0: something like that, a bigger step up in competition. Kevin Lee is gr- gonna be down for a while. He had a setback with his with his knee rehab. Oh, that's right. Or, or I think Gregor
1: Gillespie would be good for him, or maybe if he really wants to step up ally I to, I think the sky's the limit for Benil Dariush. He just has to get his weight under control next time. I understand he had some extraneous circumstances uh this time, but if he, can, if he can keep under control, we could see him rise quite quick. What do you think?
0: I think a Gregor Gillespie fight would be good. I think an ally of would be a big step up. But I honestly think with the way Dariush has been improving on the feet recently, that would be, that would be a, a good challenge for him. And I think it's something he could pull off. Uh, ally of obviously been around forever. He's super talented, but he's coming off back-to-back losses. I'm not sure if they want to throw him out there against somebody so hot as Dariush. So, so I think a Gregor Gillespie, uh, even a even a Drew Dover would be would be interesting. Two guys that are kind of on the upswing right now, uh, getting thrown at each other.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I'm looking at these rankings. When we did the uh, 249 review, Oliveira was ranked 14, no 15th. He's all the way up at six, and he's only fought once. When he, uh, I don't know how he got up that quickly. Honestly,
0: uh, I don't know. This this uh, lightweight division is honestly. Uh, kind of weird in the way it depth its depth goes Uh, I mean Paul Felder is still sitting there listed at number seven so when it when it comes to this division it's 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 weird to look at there's there's a clear hierarchy at the top with with Justin Gaethje Dustin Poirier and and Tony Ferguson in whatever order you want to put them Conor McGregor's in there but he's quote unquote retired and then you have Dan Hooker outside of that top group I'm not sure uh, who you slide in next? So Charles Oliveira, he's been impressive. I'm not sure I would I would push him up that high as they have, but but a pretty a, a pretty decent position for a guy that's an up and comer, somebody that the UFC obviously sees a lot in.
1: Yeah, definitely. All right, to the next fight. Um, I just want to make a note on this fight, dude. I'd rather watch paint dry than this fight. This was just boring. Cunha uh, versus Stoliarenko. What were your thoughts?
0: Uh, yeah, there there wasn't much doing as far as this fight went it was it was three rounds of just just grinded out brawling i mean yana uh, kunitska dominated this fight uh, she obviously threw a ton of strikes she landed 209 of them but only 43 were significant uh, she landed one or two takedowns it was it was a slow fight uh, you can sometimes in fights like this you can appreciate the art of it but even then it was just kind of a mauling with Kanitskaya taking on somebody in Stolyarenko that has a has a track record. This is – I think Kanitskaya fought this
1: very similarly, like the way Usman uh, did uh, What's his face, Masvidal, put him up against the fence, just beat him up that way. There really wasn't much to this fight. Uh, Stolyarenko, I don't know, maybe go back to Invicta. There's not really much to say in this in this uh, Bantamweight division. Uh, I don't know, give her Aldana. The, that's the best way thing I can think of. All right.
0: Darren Stewart, dude, this... I, I will say, uh Knitsuka, did call out Raquel Pennington afterward. Oh, okay, well, we'll see if so, that happens. Yeah. <laughs> All just, right. Just wanted to point that out. Yeah,
1: good. All right. Maki Patola versus Darren Stewart. Darren Stewart with the sub. I was not expecting this. That was whatsoever.
0: a big surprise out of Darren Stewart, pulling out the pulling out the guillotine and a beautiful one at that. That was what really surprised me. Honestly, a lot of times uh, when you do see strikers get on their back, they, they'll pull out something and they'll just kind of be able to muscle guys to the point that they can't go on they just run out of gas but darren stewart beautiful technique on the guillotine something we haven't seen out of him and a really impressive finish over maki patolo who had a little bit of had a little bit of momentum coming into this
1: yeah i mean don't don't get lost on maki patolo still has a lot of potential still very young but darren stewart i mean this dude uh he, he came to drill the dentist i mean When he got taken down by Maki Patola, it's like, uh, I was a little nervous. But then he locked in that nice guillotine, like you said. There's nothing to complain about there for Darren Stewart. All right, this was a middleweight bout, right? I'm not. I believe so, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know what's next for Patola. I think someone out of the contender series, maybe for him. Or someone who's won a couple fights. But, you know, for Darren Stewart, he's had a little momentum with him. Let's let's take a look at his uh, last fights, if it lets me. There we go. All right, so... He's won three in a row and against Lewis right here, he's a decent fighter. You can't really complain. So when it comes to uh, what do you think's next? Uh,
0: for for Darren Stewart? Yeah. Uh, when it comes down, honestly, I think a, a good matchup for him would be Marvin Vittori. He he mentioned Edmund Shabazian and Marvin Vittori both after that fight. Uh, he lost to Shabazian in a split decision back in 2018 I don't think you want to put somebody coming off a big win and Darren Stewart up against Shabazzian coming off of a loss. So I think uh, a matchup with uh, with Marvin Vittori would be really good. He's, he mentioned after the fight that there were plans for them to, to go at it, and it got canceled at one point. Vittori's a guy coming off of a statement win. Stewart's a guy coming off of a statement win. I think that would be a really exciting fight, and I think I would like that mix of styles a lot. Oh, yeah, I have
1: to agree. Two strikers, but two very different strikers at best, but Marvin Torrey can, can get it done on the ground too. So that'd be a really interesting match to see what uh, Stewart can do against uh, the Tory All right. To the co-main event of the evening. This was, this was a really good match for Chris Weidman. He got his win. What were your thoughts on this one?
0: I, I was not expecting Chris Weidman to, to come out and, and be able to handle Omar Akhmadov. Honestly, I thought Akhmadov his mix of mix of striking and wrestling was going to be enough to carry him through this fight. But to really come down to it, Chris Weidman he did not he did not show that that championship caliber fighter uh, that everybody's been yearning for for the last couple years, but he showed a, a clear improvement over his struggles in his last few fights which I think is a big step for a guy this late in his career. When you see guys go on long losing streaks late, a lot of times it snowballs on top of them and they never recover. But I thought Chris Weidman was able to pull some things together. Yeah,
1: I'll say, I'll, I'll agree with you there, man. He did get his stuff together. There's no question. I mean, what all, all of what Omari Akhmadov did there was in the second round. He got four takedowns in the second round, if I'm not mistaken. Let me check the stats real quick because I'm pretty sure I can check that show stats per round. Uh, well, no, I don't care. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, Chris Weidman. Yeah, it was it was a pretty boring fight, but he did what he had to do to win, and I yeah. think you can respect that out of Chris Weidman. So I think we we beat a dead horse with that one. So what do you think's next, Rock made up? Oh, we already talked about that. Uh, Kevin Holland. I think. Yeah. Would you still agree? Uh, that'd be a nice matchup. All right. So for Chris Weidman, I don't know. Honestly, what do you think?
0: Weidman's such. An interesting guy to look at right now because uh, you you take the fact that he won here and he won convincingly, but you're still looking at a guy that is 36 years old and had lost five of his previous six fights all by knockout. So he, he's not a guy that I think you push into the top 15 right now. I think he's probably a guy that you the ceiling you look at for Chris Reidman right now is something similar to what we're seeing out of Fabricio Verdum in the heavyweight division. Uh, I think that's, that's the peak of what we're going to see with Chris Weidman. I don't know that he reaches even that height uh, because Verdum has never had the struggles that Weidman has, but I think Chris Weidman has a place in the UFC, even if it's more in, in what you would call quote unquote legacy fights, I guess you could say where, where it's, it's rematches against guys that are, are more his contemporaries. I know we can talk about this later, but Luke Rockhold, who took the, the middleweight title off of him has said he's decided against retiring. So do we get a rematch like that? I don't know. Uh, but I think Chris Weidman is in a position where he's, he's a big enough name to keep fighting for the UFC, but I don't know that he's a top 15 contender. What I think you're telling me is
1: he should go to Bellator.
0: That would make a lot of sense. Honestly, that, that would make a lot of sense. That's, Kind of the place where where guys like Weidman this late in his career, honestly, uh, go find a little bit of rejuvenation. That would be that would be a solid landing spot for him. But honestly, I think his name value is enough for the UFC that they might want to keep him around.
1: Yeah, you make a good point. I mean, he could go in that legends division in Bellator, but I don't know. He's not he's not 45 years old yet. Anyway, <laughs> so we're gonna head on to the main event. I think I agree with Weidman. I think something like a rockwell matchup's like what's in for him, but. No surprises here, in my opinion. This uh,
0: Derek Lewis brought it. What were your thoughts on this? Uh, Derek Lewis, I thought, looked really good, and I thought he did some things in this fight that he has needed to work on in the past. I thought while his his stamina and conditioning wasn't exactly what we would hope it would be for a guy that's contending towards the top of this division, I thought it looked a little bit better. And I thought his ground defense against Alexi Olenek who if you can defend on the ground against him, you can defend against anybody in the UFC. I thought Derek Lewis improved on a lot of things we needed to see him improve on. And then he comes flying out of the, out in that second round flying knee from a guy that size is really impressive. And then he just sticks Olenek with that right hand and he never recovered from that. It it was a classic Derek Lewis finish, but it was not the typical Derek Lewis fight we've seen in the past. I think, I think he did some things differently that are going to bode really well for him moving forward.
1: Oh, definitely. I have to agree with you there. What he showed was, you know, he's 35, but he's still around you can't, I don't think you can really shake this guy. He, he might still be in that he's like a junior Dos Santos type. I think he's just going to stay in that top five, top six for a hot minute. But with Alexi Olenek, I mean, what he showed on the ground was that he can compete with the best of them if it's on the ground. And Derek Lewis, I don't know why he did that takedown. When I saw him take Alexi Linick down, like he's just bringing himself to his death. But Alexi Linick showed that he can, he can do
0: it against the best in the, the heavyweight yeah, he division. he can still go. He, Olen- Olenek at 43 can still go. Don't get that twisted.
1: Yeah, definitely. All right, to the rankings. All right, let's see what we got here. What do you think is next for Olenek?
0: I'm not sure. Uh, Alexi Olenek is, is a guy, he's 43, but he clearly hasn't lost a step um he, he's in kind of a similar range to another guy coming off of a loss and Walt Harris they are two guys kind of in similar positions where they're they're trying to break into that top 10 but they've just not quite been able to do it that would be a rematch Harris uh, knocked Olinic out back last July uh, in 12 seconds so I'm not sure the UFC would be looking to run that back so quickly uh, but that's that's a fight that makes a lot of sense for me uh, it's He's already fought Verdum. He's just in a position where he doesn't have a lot of peers when it comes to experience and situation. That's the thing that sticks out for me is Olenek's a guy that is a high enough level guy on the ground that you don't want to feed a high level prospect to him because if, that, if the fight goes to the floor, is going to dominate. But he's also in a place where he's fought enough times that there's not a lot of new matchups for him. So a Walt Harris rematch, maybe let him try to get that redemption. It's two guys coming off of losses that are still exciting fighters. That's that's the one that jumps out to me. But I'm really not sure where Olenek goes from here.
1: Yeah, you make a good point. Uh, but I think we saw that Walt Harris is going to fight Volkov coming up soon.
0: Yes, that's true. I don't know why. I don't know why I zeroed in. On yeah, that so I forgot
1: about that too, and then I just remember that. So I think this this might be contingent on who loses Dos Santos versus Rosenstreich.
0: That, that makes a ton of sense.
1: Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. All right. Speaking of that matchup, uh, we're going to talk some heavyweight title pictures. And we don't know what's next for Derek Lewis because this title picture is really, really interesting. So depending on what happens with these two fights, Lewis – not Lewis. So Santos and Strike and Miocci versus Cormier is what goes on with this title picture. What do you think up with this title picture?
0: I think, obviously, you've got Daniel Cormier and and Francis, not Francis Ngannou, Daniel Cormier and Stipe Miocic uh, fighting this coming weekend. They're the clear one and two. But after that, it's a little murky. I think, in my opinion, Francis Ngannou is the clear next contender. He's done enough since he lost his title challenge to Stipe to prove that he's not the same fighter that he was then, to prove that... He's improved his, his takedown defense. He's improved his ground game enough. And he's still that scary striker that, that made people think he was such a future champion so early. So after that, it's going to take a little bit of, a little bit of shaking out. I think honestly, I would like to see Derek Lewis fight Curtis Blades because I think that's a pretty easy way to determine the next contender after Ngannou. But if, if Junior Dos Santos or Jorginho Rosenstreich looks dominant on this card Saturday, then I could see one of those guys jumping the line maybe ahead of Lewis or Blades. But this is, this is the kind of situation where there's several contenders, all with outstanding track records, waiting in the wings after Saturday.
1: Oh, yeah, you, you definitely make a good point there. I like the Lewis Blades matchup a lot. Uh, I think Derek Lewis proved himself against a guy with really good ground game in Olympic. And I think someone who's higher ranked now, like Curtis Blades, would really give him a good test. And like you said, that's probably going to determine the next uh, contender after Ngannou. But if Dos Santos or Rosenstrike show something absolutely incredible, I think that really just mixes up this heavyweight division. There's a lot to be excited for in this awesome, awesome heavyweight division. All right. What news you got, man?
0: Well, this is – it's it's minor news to start off, but this is something I texted you about earlier today, and we were both kind of, kind of a little relieved to see it happen. You hate to see people released from the roster in any situation. But Roman Bogatov, after what we discussed previously, just a horribly foul-filled fight against Leonardo Santos, has been cut from the roster – Honestly, that that was a really dangerous situation. Leonardo Santos ended up coming out with the win anyway. But Bogotov fought a really dangerous fight, did a lot of things that crossed the line. But he's cut from the roster today. You, like I said, you hate to see that happen to anybody, but it kind of seemed uh, for a guy that was pretty low on the roster, it kind of seemed inevitable after it, it turned into such a debacle with his fight there.
1: Yeah, that was – that was really bad. I I don't know if you saw the fight, but yeah, what what he did. I mean, two groin shots, and then he need him in the head as a downed opponent. I and then uh, who's I think it was no, it was Mark Goddard. He took away two points straight straight up, and I think he just flat out deserved that cut. It, it was disgusting to watch. Yeah. What else you got?
0: Uh. Well, after Yair Rodriguez uh, went down with an injury, was supposed to fight Zabid, uh, Zabit Mama, Magomed Sharapov end of this month, uh, Yair dropped out with an injury. Uh, Zabit came out and said today on his Instagram that uh, he's not going to be fighting August 29th. Uh, that fight's not going to happen at all, no matter who his opponent is. And he's actually heading back to Russia for the time being. So I would not expect to see Zabit uh, particularly soon. So... He's obviously a guy that's a, a high level featherweight contender but we're going to have to wait to see him fight again.
1: This this shakes up the featherweight division a lot I think.
0: I don't yeah. know because I, that I was I was counting on that Zabi Yair fight to to clear some things up in this division and now that it's not going to happen it's it's going to stay a lot more cluttered than I think we were expecting.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Volkanovsky's in a fight for another year unless uh, Dana White decides to give him Cater. And Cater's uh, a hot topic right now in this featherweight division. It's it's a really interesting division. I, we don't, I don't want to see the trilogy right away. I, I have no, no desire right now. And Brian Ortega, maybe, but I don't think many people want to see that fight against Volkanovsky. And Henry Cejudo's been uh, yamming his little mouth as he has been since he ever – since he beat Dominic Cruz about Alex Volkanovsky. So I really don't know what's going to happen in this division. I'm really curious. I would love to see Dana White put Cater up. I, I would absolutely I'd, – oh, I'd love to see that fight. I would – and this this division's just a whole – it's a whole mess. I don't know what to say about it. So what are your thoughts on who's going to be next?
0: In the – Featherweight division. division? Featherweight yeah. division. Uh, when it comes to the next guy after – uh, after Zabi uh, like you said the the trilogy with Max Holloway just doesn't do it for me right now especially since, since Volkanovski won the first two fights uh, Brian Ortega's a guy that's up there but I think he's kind of got some unfinished business with Chan Sung Jung that I'd like to see get settled Calvin Cater's right there at number six but he lost to Zabi pretty convincingly so it's 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 a rough situation this is a this is the featherweight division that you and I talked about after that volkanovski holloway fight that had a lot of potential through the rest of 2020 and into 2021, but just some unforeseen circumstances. Yair Rodriguez goes down with an injury. That cancels his fight with Zabit. Uh, Josh Emmett has that catastrophic knee injury in his fight with Burgos, so he's going to be down for a while. The The depth of this featherweight division has kind of disintegrated in front of our eyes. I'm not sure there's a there's a clear cut contender for Volkanovsky. Maybe if Ortega and Chan Sung Jung do get a fight together, the winner of that would get the next title shot. But I, I'm not I'm not dead set on anything in this division.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a yeah, the depth just dropped out, like you said. And with Josh Emmett it hurt and not gonna fight for another year, year and a half. I don't know what's gonna happen. What else you got?
0: Well, uh, Jeff Neal uh, had a, a really bad, really bad illness. Uh, he had some kind, of, some kind of ailment that caused staphylococcal pneumonia and sepsis uh, that led to him being hospitalized. A really bad situation was, was referred to as life and death. His coach said he's expected to recover, but he's obviously uh, been pulled from his fight against Neil Magny and stepping in to fight Neil Magny at the end of the month Former welterweight champion of the world Robbie Lawler. This is a fight that could be really exciting.
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, Robbie Lawler is getting up there in age, but I think Neil Magny. I think this experience against Robbie Lawler would definitely benefit him. Robbie Lawler's seen just about everybody under the blue moon, so I think the 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 competition for Neil for Neil Magny would be perfect for him.
0: So, is there any more news? There's a lot happened. Last thing I wanted to throw out is that. Leon Edwards is kind of making overtures that he wants Jorge Masvidal Uh, as far as as far as that division goes obviously uh, Masvidal fought Usman on short notice I think Gilbert Burns is very clearly the next guy for a title shot we're looking at Colby Covington and Tyron Woodley coming up soon that kind of leaves Edwards and Masvidal as the two guys out in the cold I wanted to get your thoughts on this as it seems like a pretty easy match to make but Masvidal seems pretty content to sit around for another title shot
1: yeah i think i think we can see masvidal sit around for another title shot but the fight i'd like to see leon edwards do is go up against colby covington i think that'd be yeah. a, that'd be a lot of fun to watch i mean I'm, that's obviously from a fan's perspective but i think if for casuals leon edwards versus masvidal would be good but for guys like us i think colby covington leon edwards is the, the fight we want to see and leon edwards has kind of been laying there for a while just he's been he's he deserved that title shot a hot minute ago I think and I don't know it's it's really interesting I think Leon Edwards needs to fight one more time before he gets that title shot but it's really pick and choose for him I don't know what you think
0: yeah I think Leon Edwards is in a place where he can pick his spots because we've talked about before it has seemed like for the last year it's been Uh, there's just been some circumstances that has kept Leon Edwards from getting that fight that's going to push him to the number one contendership. And I think he's in a position where he can probably pick his opponent for his next fight, just so long as it's not Kamaru Usman. So, or, or Gilbert Burns really. Position where he can sit back, wait for that next fight, see what comes across the table and, and that's when he can jump on that opportunity and really vault himself into that top spot.
1: Yep, definitely. All right. So anything else? I know you said that was your last thing.
0: Yeah, that was the last point I wanted to bring up. I don't know if you have anything else, but it's, it's been a big couple of days in mixed martial arts. A lot of guys dropping out of fights. A lot of guys uh, taking a step up. It's, it's, been, it's been an interesting couple of days.
1: Oh, uh, if you guys watch this podcast, our, our staff member, Ben Mackey, can't return to school. So keep, keep him in your thoughts. Hope that he can come back soon and you can deal out the problems. All right. Just want to get that out there. We miss him. We love him. All right. Well, dude, 252, we're going to review thir- uh, Thursday. Yes. Dude, this is insane. Yes. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. All right, guys. We'll see you for the 252 uh, preview.